podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 161 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network, and also fanatics. In the words of Herman's Hermits, woke up this morning and I'm feeling fine. One the one that's, everyone's on mute, you see, because of the few sad issues. That was definitely worth a laugh because I was sat here all day thinking, how can I get a song lurk into the into my uh, intro today? And then that was very very good. Uh, but listen, we're all on we're all on cloud now, aren't we? We won a game of football. Um, I forgot what it felt like. The uh, the sensation of Everton winning the game of Premier League football is something that I'd, I'd, uh, I'd confined to the archives this season. Um, fantastic, obviously, to get three points against top of the table Arsenal yesterday. Uh, and, and delighted to have back on the show. The uh, the fourth wheel of the Unholy Trinity podcast in uh, in Phil Haywood, and we'll come to, you, come to you in a second, Phil. But it's fantastic just to have a weekend... Obviously, early game as well that uh, that wasn't ruined by Everton. Um, certainly enjoyed Sean Dyche's first appearance as Everton manager. Uh, we're going to break down the performances as best we can, or the other positive aspects uh, and and things we noticed whilst we were there. We were there yesterday, but Pete, I'm going to come to you first because we had a, we had a great conversation on the way to the game yesterday in regards to Sean Dyche and what he might bring to the table. Um, and it was a good video going now from a little while ago when he did the uh, the coach's coach's voice. It was a, a master class, and he talked about how he how he set up his Burnley side. And it was great, wasn't it? Because there was a lot of lots of times yesterday we could actually see that come into play and see exactly what he's worked on in such a short space of time. De- definitely, I, I know we're going to break down a number of really really impressive things about yesterday. But I, I think probably the, the surprise package was um, Decore in a sort of centre midfield three in the starting lineup because I, I think the, the unanimous assumption, I think, not just amongst Evertonians, but I think all football fans was we were going to line up with a 4-4-2. And I, I think when you spoke to most Evertonians, it was, well, is he going to go with Calvert-Luna Mope or is he going to play possibly a Wobi um, in, in a 10? And uh, for, for people who haven't seen that video, the, the, the second masterclass, the coach's voice on YouTube, it's really, really worth a watch. Something Dice talks a lot about there is in, in the season they, they broke into Europe with Burnley, he would uh, deploy a, a sort of a 10 primarily. It's kind of like the first defender, um, you know, particularly against the, the, the better Premier League teams, as he says, they look to play out from the back with a, a single or a double pivot. He would use that 10 to try and block off um, that kind of quarterback pass, and then whoever's playing in the nine, so the, the sort of Calvert Lewin role, um, would kind of lead a, a press or a soft press to try and keep them playing on one side of the pitch. But it was almost like we we kind of did that from a four five one, where either Anana probably mostly or Decore would kind of come out of the midfield to try and shape the ball over one side of the pitch or lead the press, um, and it. It was just phenomenal. It's the most Everton thing ever, isn't it? To you know, to go so long without winning a game of football and to to lose games that 
you know, we all felt we, we should have won and not just won on paper, but games that we lost in silly moments against, you know, like Wolves and Southampton to then get a clean sheet against Arsenal, which only Newcastle have done. Um, and to beat them, which I think only United have done. I, I mean, it's hard not to get too carried away, isn't it? When, you know, you look at the fixture list and we need to take it one game at a time, but it was nice to have something to feel so positive about and to have a team that you can believe in again. And I, I just hope that, again, this isn't going to be a moment. I hope it's going to be, you know, a platform, something to build on. I'm not, I know we're not going to win, you know, the next 10 games 1-0, but we were competitive, we were organised, we, you know, we had fighting spirit. I think our expected goals in the first half was 1.4. You know, and I think we'd had, we'd had less than 30% of the ball so like seven shots and four corners in, in the first half. Um, so it, it was a really, really impressive performance all around. But yeah, Sean Dyche d- deserves an awful lot of credit. And he's already, um, I think, shown how how adaptable and tactically astute he is. So let's hope it's, uh, it's a sign he's the right fit for us. Like, like Pete said then, Phil, spot on in terms of his, his analysis there. Um and he mentioned, obviously, yeah, it's only one game, of course. Uh, when when a new manager comes in, you, you always expect something, don't you? Whether you, you want to put it down to, to the famous new manager bounce, new ideas, uh, the players maybe feel a bit more refreshed under under new management. Um, so important not to get carried away. But that first half especially, um, Pete mentioned, gave up a lot of possession, which is, is not unusual in, in the Sean Dice system. But in terms of efforts, in terms of corners, and, you know, when I say clear-cut chances, we, we had a few. We had a few really, really close calls in that first half. Calvert-Lewin, a couple of chances. The Corey, you know, header is, you know, the one where it, it's a great great ball in. And he just, you know, I, I don't know what he did. He sort of didn't want to want to touch the ball almost, didn't he? And he, it went miles wide. Got to do better there. But you look at the quality of chances created, because we mentioned in recent weeks especially about how much we've struggled in the attacking sense, creating some clear-cut chances. But you, you look at what we created yesterday, and that first half especially, we caused we caused them some problems, didn't we? No, it was uh, spot on what you said there, Mike, and I love listening to Pete there. He absolutely nailed it and what he was saying. And it's just Sean Dice, he just seems to have just brought the basics back. You know, like, you know, his formation, his, his strategies, and... Whatever he's, he's been, uh, spoken about in the week, he just seems to have given players, uh, it just makes sense exactly what he's done, like a Wobie on, on the wing, uh, the core driving, which is the reason why we bought him from Watford. Um, and like you said, in, in, in kind of a shape that we played, we just looked threatening. There was so much space. It's like we set traps when Thomas Partey got it. And then you'd go back to Ben White and then you'd see Mikelenko higher, uh, McNeil higher. And then we pressing from the front. And I thought Calvert Lewin, I thought he, he led the line very well. I know he should have maybe done slightly better on one or two, but I thought, you know, I thought he really did lead the line very well. And and the, and the chances, the opportunities we did get, it was almost like exciting to get corners again now. It looked like we, we had a plan, you know, and Arsenal didn't pick on a, up on it on any part of the game. And I think we had three on the bounce and they all went in the same. I think Calvert Lewin went near post on one. But actually, look, we weren't easily marked. We weren't static. We were all moving in the box. And it looked like we wanted to put the ball in the back of the net. It wasn't just like very static and still. And we just put that on the stats that we got a corner. It was with a purpose. We attacked with a purpose. We drove. 
again, there was a point when Onana drove forward. I don't know if it was Onana being really fast or Odegaard was so slow. I, I, it just with a purpose, everything we did was so basic. And he played to the strengths of the players. And, and, and the players, you know, Decore's Mr. Sitter from six yards and he's smiling, all right, because he knows he should have done better. But there's McNeil was smiling, putting his thumbs up. Everyone just seemed a little bit more relaxed. And again, I think Dice just basically went back to the basics. Well, all the talk, obviously, with this week was about the fact he came in and he was running them hard. All the footage that we saw was obviously bleep tests. There wasn't a ball in sight. I'm sure at some point over the course of the week, they got a ball at the feet. Um, and he mentioned after the game, there's going to be more tests this week. And he said, I'm sure they'll be happy about that, the players. But, you know, it is it is about getting back to basics and, and doing the simple things right um, like you say, the, the players did seem to be playing with a, a bit of a smile on their face. It could just be a bit of a, a release of pressure. There was a lot of talk at the back end of obviously Frank Lampard's reign in terms of there was fallings out. The Corey was one of them. He was ostracised and and obviously he was told to go and stay away from the group, um, which involved it's just a guy and a gay, a bit of a fallout with, with him and the manager, Andy Gordon. Uh, there was a, obviously that situation with him. I, I don't think the, the senior players were too happy with how he conducted himself either. Um, so all that was going on. Um, so I'm sure, obviously, with the new manager coming in, it was a little bit of a, like he said, it's a clean slate. You know, we had to get his ideas across in a short space of time. The players were, were very receptive. They were very honest, really important. So, you know, we did, did the questionnaire, uh, which every player, bar two, answered anonymously. I wouldn't like to be in one of those two if you found out who it was. But um, interesting approach and, and, and a refreshing approach, that's for sure. But but Lee, you were out of us all. I'd probably say that you were maybe not, not quite as open to Sean Dyche as as me me and Pete. I'd, I'd probably say, even being being fair, you even said on the last show you, you would have probably rather had Bielsa in place just so we could score five and concede five and, and whatever. You know, a bit of excitement at Goodison Park. But what, what's your take on, on Sean Dyche's first, first performance and that first Everton performance? You've, you've got to be impressed with, with what you saw at Goodison Park yesterday. Well, firstly, from a sadistic point of view, I actually love a bleep test. Do you remember bleep tests? When you're you in can't. School, I used to love How can you love a bleep test? You can't, oh, mate. Really? I love the bleep test. I'm so competitive, mate. I never went down. You had to shoot me. Listen, we did a sports day last year, and you had to do a, about a 50-yard sprint. And you were done, and you were holding hamstrings and groins. Oh, no, no, no. for a minute. Tom is right. I carried us in most of those events, mate. Oh, I carried us in most, of, especially the racket sports, mate. <laughs> especially the racket sports. And we and we came home with a W, didn't we? We won it. We did win it. We did win yeah. it. To be fair, we did. We did. You had a Terry Butcher cut on your head, didn't you? Fair play. You you put you went. You, he did. He did as well. You went all that. He was all at it, mate. Phil's laughing his head off. Here. He was all at it. Mike had a Terry Butcher cut on his head. Listen, I wouldn't advise anyone to go around headbutting a sledgehammer as part of the warm up. That's all that I'll say. <laughs> anyway, we digress. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Actually, I was probably the most vocal against uh, Daesh. Um, not, 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 not I've ever disliked him. I mean, look, he's, he's, he's come out really well since he's come into the club. You know, he's spoken really well. And look, so did Lampard. So people pointing the finger at that as well. But that's a big part of a manager's job. How do I adhere myself to the fans and how do I do it quickly? And those initial interviews are absolutely massively important. And, you know, people put him in the same box as, as most of us have, as, as like a Rafa Benitez or, you know, a Sam Allardyce. You know, is, is he a sort of short-term appointment again to try and, you know, keep us in the league? 
Um, the two and a half year contract suggests otherwise, maybe. Uh, although there are rumours that there's a break clause for you know for that to be reviewed. But compared to those other two man- managers I mentioned there, he's just a lot more likable guy, isn't he? Full stop. Um, he, he's such a how he comes across is just very authentic, very genuine. Um, you know, if he was your manager and you were playing for him, you'd want to play for him because of the way he comes across. You know, he talked a lot in the week about honesty. I think he used that word over and over again: honesty, hard work. Um, you know, having a having a sort of a benchmark whether we're winning or losing. This is where we're always supposed to be. Uh, you know, I liked a lot of what he what he had to say, and I like Pete said Pete was bang on before what he did with that coach's voice was really impressive. I think you know he's tactically more astute and actually more intelligent than I think a lot of people give him credit for. Um, you know, and and arguably, you know, even though where we are in the league, it, you know, there's a case to make this is probably the best set of plays he's ever managed, maybe in terms of talent as well. So you know, um, you know, certainly that some of the best midfielders he's, he's managed. You know, I mean, if you compare Onana to someone like Jeff Hendrick, I mean, you know, you're in, you're in a different stratosphere, aren't you? Um, and then you compare, obviously, the forwards he's had. I mean, Calvert Lewin yesterday, by the way, for me, that was the old Calvert Lewin. I mean, he was unlucky not to get a goal, but he was outstanding for 60 minutes. Um, really was. Hopefully, it's a precaution why he's come off. They said he felt his hamstring a little bit, didn't he? But I mean, he was he was unbelievable the way he occupied two strong centre halves. Um, his movement was great. His touch was strong. You know, uh, he, he was laying it off. He was winning headers. He was he, he was and that, you know it's horrible to play against basically. And he probably should have scored at least one. I mean, that chance with Onana, like you said, Phil, where he ran down the wing. I mean, you know, it's Gascoigne there, isn't it? Gascoigne in '96, right there. I mean, it was a, it was a hell of a hell of a hell of an effort. But um. But no, going back to it, I think he has impressed me. But, you know, to, to play devil's advocate um, a little bit, you, you know, one swallow doesn't make a summer, does it? You know what I mean? It's one game. You know, we've had a few games like that for, under Lampard against, you know, stronger sides, particularly like City recently, where, again, we played really well in that game. Maybe we didn't carry the same goal threat. That's what impressed me the most, actually. You know, it's easy to sit in a low block or set a team up in a low block and play a 4-5-1 and then you know, have the odd counter-attack, but maybe rely on set pieces. But what I was really impressed with is, is how brave he was. You know, the, the players were pushing high. Like you said, Mike, you know, the way we set up with the counter-press was really impressive to watch. There was triggers all over the pitch. You know, like, when, like you said, Phil, when Partey got it, you could see players were on him straight away, surrounding him. Um, you know, Odegaard, who's been one of the best players in the league this season, and Saka, actually, both of them two were really well marshaled. You know I mean? That Arsenal have not had any trouble like that all season, and they've played some. You know, well, they've played all the top sides. You know, the only game they've lost this season up until that point was at Old Trafford, and let's be fair, they should have won that game that day. United got lucky, so we gave them a lot of problems to deal with. Um, and my only concern, and you must have felt it at the ground. Unfortunately, I couldn't go, but you must have felt it like at half time, going, oh, "We should be at least one or two up here." And that was my biggest worry. You know, for a team that's not scored many goals this season. It's great to put a performance in, but I was just worried that if we don't get this first goal here, is it going to be one of those games? Um, but in the end, look, it turned out in our favour, and you know what a what a massive result that is. You know, let, let's be honest, between the four of us, most of us have pretty much written our season off, haven't we? And we're pretty much going down, and that's just given us that little bit of hope, that little bit of hope in the fact that not only did we win, it's just the way we won. I, th- I think, I think you. Yeah. 
it gives you that bit of hope going forward, obviously, because we, we've seen, we always thought, well, where can this side go? I was still of, of a belief, I said this to a friend of mine today, I was still of a belief that the, the, the squad that we've got, if we compare it to last season, for example, the big losses to Charleston, as we've said over the last few weeks, especially, it's been it's evident. Um, he's a huge loss as a, as a player, as a character. The fact, I think, at times he carried us through. Um, obviously, since, obviously, Anthony Gordon's also gone as well, which, you know, he offered last season. You know, we've said it time and again. I think he carried a lot on his shoulders. Um, but I look at the players that have been brought in. So, defensively, the two lads, obviously, two centre-halves at the back there. In, in Connor Cody and, and James Tarkowski, I thought both both were exceptional yesterday. Um, you look at the midfield, Garner Gay, Amadou Anane, you know, both both were, were sensational yesterday. Um, so I think you know we strengthened in some areas, we're weaker in attack, but I still think as a collective as a collective body of players, what, what, for me, it's still a, it's a better squad than it was last season, in my opinion. So that that always gave me a bit of hope. Obviously, with the new minds are coming in with his own ideas, seeing what he's done in five or six days uh, up to yesterday was impressive. You know, the, the fact that, you know, we, we mentioned there the counter press, so we were committing players forward, knowing that if we did turn it over, we'd swarm, we'd swarm the ball, which we did really well. We played narrow. We talk about this, or Sean Dice mentions this, this V uh, from the six yard box out and the defenders are all within that particular area. So it's really narrow. So Arsenal were, were forcing things at times. They had nowhere really to go. We had to do something special. Um, and, and I think that, that was the great, real impressive thing. I was noticing you know, the little double up on the wide players, Saka, Martinelli, the two of them were being doubled up on by both the full-back and either Alex Iwobi or Dwight McNeil, depending on what side they were playing on at that particular time. So little things like that. And then you've got the three lads in midfield, you know, Garner, who played really deep, he was really. If you look at his average position during the game, he was actually on on line with James Tarkowski. So the two of them, that's how deep Garner was. But what it was allowing, you also had then Onana and Decore were almost taking turns when to go and when to put the press on, and it was putting the press on at the right time, wasn't it? It wasn't just going for going sake, but when the time was right. So making sure that you weren't just running for the sake of it. But when we put it on with Calvert Lewin, with the, with obviously Onana, the Corey, the wide players when when they called them when they were able to, it was effective, and that was the really really impressive thing for me. You know, sitting there watching that, you mentioned earlier about, you know, thinking a half time we, we better side, better chances, obviously four corners, but we didn't score. How many times we've we been here this year where we 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 played okay, had a few chances. And not scored. You know, look at the Wolves game one nil up. Anthony Gordon goes through, should score, doesn't. We lose the game. Little the, the fine margins, but it was strange. I don't know about you, Pete. Sitting there, I felt fairly relaxed yesterday. It was, it was strange. The odd time I mumbled to myself, pr- praying to to any god that might be listening. And now and again to see us through the game. And I'm not a, a religious person by any stretch of the imagination. But I was mumbling things to myself at times, looking up to the heavens, thinking, just give us give us this game. Give us this game because we've been here too many times. But generally, I felt relaxed in what I was actually seeing. And Everton really impressed me and gave me that confidence sitting there watching them. Listen, there's been times in that stadium we've been two or three up and I've not been able to relax. <laughs> <laughs> 
thinking it, it only takes us to concede one, and then then we get the Everton wobbles, don't we? And it, you know, the rest of the game just becomes deeply unpleasant. But no, I I agree. You, you, you found yourself just having a lot of belief um, in the players in, implementing the, the, the you know the, the plan that they were. They were so organised and. Um, you know, it was just relentless. I, I, I was watching um, the highlights on, on Match of the Day again um, last night, and I think one of the pundits said that the only concern for Everton, is, Everton was it, were they going to run out of steam mm. a little bit because of how hard we're having to work. I think we covered more distance against Arsenal than we did uh, in any other Premier League game this season. Um, and that was slightly my concern uh, because he, uh, uh, other than uh, Mopé, he didn't make any changes, which surprised me slightly because... Um, Awobi was on his last legs, and uh, I, I think you know McNeil covered a great deal of distance as well. So I wondered if he was going to change it up. And then when you, you looked at the bench, you thought, you know, with the players that he brings on, have the same kind of defensive qualities and work rate to to see the game out. Um, and maybe that's why he didn't make the changes. Um, but it, yeah, no, it was nice to feel solid, wasn't it? It was, you know, and. I might not be able to use the exact language on uh, on this show, but there was some um, what you might call old old fashioned outhousery from uh, <laughs> Neil Mopé toward the end of the game. But it's stuff like that. It's moments like yeah. that that we've we've been missing. We've, we've, we've it's a classic Everton cliche, but we're often too nice, too soft, and too fair, and so many things go against us. So you know you've got to be competitive in lots of different ways, haven't you, in football, especially in the Premier League and. I think sometimes we've we've just missed that little bit of needle, that that, that bit of nastiness to get over the line. And um, I, I, again, it was there was just so many all round things that were good to see. You know, important differences that haven't been there enough for so much of this season. I'll tell you where the tone the tone was set for me. Right, is when in the first five minutes when Martinelli got the ball. Now our Arsenal this season, and we said it might when we did the preview last week. It, they've they've won a lot of away games this season because they've started fast. You know, they've gone, they've gone uh, away from home and they've just blitzed at teams and sometimes scored two or three goals by half-time. You know, they beat Brighton the week before we played them. I think they scored four by half-time, didn't they? Certainly three. You know, and Brighton were flying. You know, they beat us after that quite comfortably and they beat Liverpool comfortably as well. So, you know, they've done that to a lot of teams and that was my worry going into this game. I was thinking, if Arsenal come flying out the traps here and catch us cold, you know, we haven't had that much time under the new manager. If they get a couple of goals up, it could be horrible. But to be fair, you know, that tone was set when Martinelli got the ball on the left-hand side and his first, he was obviously being told to do this, just ran at Coleman straight away, uh, tried to do him for pace. And Seamus there, you know, brilliant. And he shepherded him out for a goal and won the goal kick. And then straight away, you could just see, yeah, hang on a minute, we're up for this. We're up for this straight away. Because Martinelli, you know, he's been brilliant this season. He's rapid as well, hasn't he? You know, Seamus, what is he now, 35? Is he 35, something like that? Do you know what I mean? So I mean, yeah, you know, you've got a young young kid there sprinting at you, and and he's 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 been he's done brilliant there. And Coleman, by the way, for the rest of the game was outstanding. Everyone was, but you mentioned uh, uh, Garner Gay there, Mike. And I thought, you know, other than obviously Onana, I'd, I'd say Garner was outstanding yesterday. Absolutely outstanding. He was absolutely everywhere. It was like watching Garner five years ago, wasn't it? Mm. Just just putting out fires everywhere, reading the game so well. He reads the game brilliantly. For me, it's such an underestimated part of his game that, you know, he always seems to just pop up in the right places. You know, he's not the biggest guy in the world, is he? But he, and he, he reads it so well and he times a tackle on the main so well as well. Very rarely leaves his feet. 
you know, he always seems to just, you know, be at the right place at the right right time. And he was outstanding yesterday. And a big reason we won the game yesterday was that was that midfield three. You know, they were all three of them were absolutely brilliant. And the core as well coming out of the cold, obviously, you know, you know, it's, it's quite clear that he had a fallout with Lampard towards the end there, wasn't it? And it, it was good to see, you know, clean slate, uh, clean slate applied. Sorry, and and he, you know, he he was brilliant as well. So fair play. I mean, look, there's real positive signs there, um, and I, I think we'll probably set up quite similar against Liverpool. And I, I agree with you, Pete. I think one of the reasons he didn't make any changes was also what you mentioned, but also I think the fact he knows the Liverpool game's not until Monday next week, is it? He's probably thinking, look. The recovery, it's not as if we've got a game on Wednesday, a game at the weekend. We've got over a week to recover here. So let, let's have a proper go here, knowing that we've got plenty of time to get, you know, to, to get energy back in the legs. Yeah, I think I think you're right. You know, the, the one change, Neil Mope, and, and it was forced, wasn't it? Because obviously you mentioned Dom had a tight, a tight hamstring. So when it happened as well, by the way, we, we just scored a goal. Obviously, great corner from Dwight McNeil. We mentioned, obviously, our corners caused problems all game. James Harkowski back post, first goal for the club, fantastic. And then all, all of a sudden, Dom's numbers held up and he goes off and the, the sort of uh, the air left the stadium. Everyone just sort of looked around. Just said, oh, you know, Neil Mopey. Because we were going long at times. Jordan Piffer quite often uh, from his goal kicks was going long. Um, and we were looking to win, obviously, Dom, which he did great when he was on, winning the little flick-ons, bringing the wide players in. But then what happened when, when we were going long, you noticed Onana was dropping not too far from the uh, from the centre forward, and and he was up there trying to win headers. To be fair to Mope, he won a couple himself. To be honest, he thought he did 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 pretty well. And you know a lot of talk about Mope, and we've we've been critical ourselves. You know, you mentioned there, Pete. Obviously, the the shit arsery from him, and we were you know you were right by it. Especially, I thought it was fantastic. I thought I put it on Twitter yesterday. That was the Neil Mope. I thought that we were signing. Now, I know he doesn't score many goals and I know we can also see him not be happy with the signing and the price tag, etc., etc. But that was the Neil Mope I thought that we'd get. Somebody who's a wind-up merchant, plays on the edge, chases chases balls down, which he was doing. Um, that was what I thought I'd be seeing from him. And we saw it yesterday for half an hour. And I thought, you know, what he did, the way he pulled, he pulled um, Zinchenko towards him and then went down holding his own, his own head. Brilliant, caused a melee, wasted time, couple of bookings. Arsenal, we're under their skin anyway. We're under the skin all game. That's exactly they're the fine margins. That's what sometimes can win or lose a game. So Everton, like Pete said, too nice. Always have been. We we, we haven't done enough of that over the years. And we've got to we've got to do those kind of things. We've got to. Coleman's great at it. And Coleman's always first over, by the way. You saw him yesterday. Um he flew over and he won't back down. They've all got to do it. They, they need each other's backs, and we need to back them. And you know, we, the, the crowd, the crowd yesterday were absolutely fantastic as well. But you know, we can't sit here and, and not mention the event crowd because I thought they were absolutely terrific. You know, before the game, peaceful protest, fantastic march. You know, we've got the coverage that, that it deserved. Um, and then in the ground, no murmurings of, of, of anything like that. As we all said, there wouldn't be. The crowd were, were, were fantastic all game. That. that Goodison was back to its white his white top best. Simple as that, and and we need to do that for the for the rest of the season to, to get these players through. But it just it was it was a throwback. It was a throwback performance for me, um, which we, we've all been through probably under the Moyes the Moyes years especially. Um, 
But you know, we we, we come away from the game really, really. I really enjoyed it. I've not enjoyed Goodison Park for, for quite a while, you know, but came away from the game happy, content, with hope that we can do something going forward. Um, but I think we've got to mention, obviously, the the, the midfield especially. We, we mentioned Garner there, you know, 100% um, pass completion rate, fantastic. Won the ball, I think, 10 times more than anybody else. Um, five duels won. He was just absolutely... It was, again, it was like you like Lee said, it was Garnegie from five years ago. And we need that. We need him doing that. But for me, I've, you know, Phil, I'm going to do an honor. I said it's a piece after the game. I said it to other people since whatever happens to us this season. He's a player linked with other teams already, by the way, in January. He's a player who we will probably look, well, not look to, but will actively get a lot of interest in the summer and we'll go on to do big, big things, won't we? Absolutely. Like, just listen to all three of you there. Couldn't agree more of what you've all said. Um, going back from what Lee was saying, you know, I expected, it was kind of a, I hate saying this, but it was more like a free hit at the Arsenal game and obviously uh, Liverpool coming up. And I always thought if we, we need a result, but I thought we got a result and a performance yesterday. I just thought, the whole, it was a throwback. Um, and that's what Evertonians, especially at Goodison Park, relished under the David Moyes era, Martinez era. We wanted the big boys to come because we could give those results and those performances. Again, like you said about Mopai, you, you know, when, when his price tag came in, I wasn't that bothered because I thought he would be like a Stephen Naismith and he'd be a bit more like uh, yesterday. Again, on the Calvert-Lewin, just before coming to the midfield, I thought if you can get 60 minutes out of him from now to the end of the season and do that change from Opie, I'll, I'll take that because, like as Lee said, he led that line absolutely fantastically, like the old Calvert Lewin uh, w- w- used to show us. And then you can get half an hour out of Mopai, and he looked a bit of a new signing yesterday. I know it sounds crazy, but the way that we play, the style, the crowd. Um, you know, sometimes when he makes a bad error, Amor McNeil and, and there's other players in the past, like Garner recently, makes a bad pass. You can hear the groans from all sides of the, you know, the, the ground. But everyone was supporting everyone. But that midfield, again, Onana, it was like he was Marron Fellaini. What we were promised, you know, he, he's got that stature about him, gangly. You know, I, it's, it's taken him, I think it was... Was it maybe the, the Man United away game or the City away game? Um, and since then, he hasn't looked back, to be fair to him. Um, I listened to a, um, a piece, what Sean Dice said, and he was talking to Onana, and he said, I'm going to get you to speak to Stefan Defoe. He had him at, Bel- uh, at Burnley, obviously Belgium. He said, yeah, I know who he is. He said, you're going to learn the ugly side of the game. I said, what you've got now is, is tremendous, you know, what you do, but you need to learn to become an even better player at the ugly side of it. And it like he looks very intelligent, Onana, very clever, a bit like Lukaku and languages and how he speaks. <clears throat> and he, um, I thought that the promise that lad's got, and there's no, you know, when when he was touted to Chelsea and, and on deadline day, I thought it's just you know, um, rumor, rumor mill. But he's got potential to go anywhere he wants to go. That lad, I really do. I think he's very intelligent. I think he knows exactly where he's on the pitch. I thought Garner Gay, he was tremendous. Like the boy said there. A, a, a throwback from five years ago. He just breaks the play up and gives it. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't drive. He doesn't do things he can't do, a 40-yard switch. He breaks it up and plays it, and he's clever. And then I thought the Corey, so when we signed the Corey, 
alongside Alan and Hamas Rodriguez. I was more pleased we got him because it's something Everton have never had where they can drive from mid- a box to box, but with purpose, get goals, get assists. And we never have used them in the right uh, play for me. We've always used them as like a pivot or things played out wide at some point under Ancelotti. I thought they all complemented each other, all three of them, which then helped the likes of McNeil and Awobi, I thought. And it was all five of them that across there got something different, something that adds to the game, which gets the crowd up, which we know is a bear pit when Goodison's going, when players are playing so well with confidence. One thing I will say, though, I think that's bang on that, Phil. Uh, one that you guys mentioned Mope there, and 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 you're right. I mean, we thought we were signing an A. Smith type player, somebody that you know would 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 be horrible to play against, put himself about, run the channels. We haven't seen any of it, any of that since he's come in. In fact, what we have seen is a player that struggles to play on his own up front. Uh, okay, he hasn't really got the stature to do that. He hasn't got the pace either to run in behind. You know, whenever the ball was clipped into him, sometimes even the simplest of passes, he wouldn't get hold of it. And as a result, a lot of our attacks broke down. So, you know, what I will say is, is we did lose a big attacking threat when he came on. Yes, he made a nuisance of himself, but we noticed, you know, we weren't creating anywhere near the same chances. Maybe that was down to a bit of legs as well, obviously, and people trying to support. But, you know... It was a massive difference once Calvert-Lewin went off in terms of, you know, being able to, well, first of all, for Dom to win the first contact and then get around him and, and win the second ball. And my one of my biggest worries, look, we still, we're still, you know, it's still going to be really tough to stay up. You know, we know that we're going to have to win, you know, arguably six or seven games, uh, you know, from now till the end of the season. Um, but if Dom get, picks up an injury or Dom misses a chunk of those games, and the fact we didn't bring anybody in in the window, it really, really concerns me because, you know, Mope just cannot play that role on his own up front. He just can't. And it's no surprise we were linked with, obviously, you know, some 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 big lads uh, who can play up front towards the end of the window. But it'd be interesting to see what you guys think. I, I just think Dom is so important now because we have just got the backup and the drop-off after him is so marked. It, 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 it does concern me. And, you know, especially with the injuries he's had. He missed four months last season. He's missed two months already this season. You know, we've just got to pray, absolutely pray that he stays fit for most of those games, haven't we? Yeah, and it's the gambling from from the window. Um, this this is obviously adds to the to the unrest between fans and board because, like we said on on the show last week, it, it's unforgivable to come out of that window without strengthening that side. We've come out of it a weaker squad. That that's for sure. Um, and like you say, if, if Dom picks up an injury now, you know, we saw obviously tightness, understandable, to be honest with you. If he's being made to obviously run like the rest of the players, um, he's going to figure it. Of course, we know he's, his, his body is not not particularly tough and, and it needs to be built up and, and, and be stronger. But that is a concern, of course. We're all concerned if, if, if he gets injured. Uh, he's the most pivotal player. We said it on, on the Lampard. He was pivotal to the Lampard system. He's pivotal to the Sean Dice system as well because you do need that that big, strong individual who's good in the air, who can you can bring other players in, which is what we saw from Don yesterday. And Mope, totally different. Um, so huge, huge concern there. Um, and that won't go away. We, we've got all our fingers crossed that that Don can can stay fit. Like you said, Phil, if he gets us gives us an hour a game and can I can hopefully see us through, and, and by the time he is going off. Have, have contributed then then great that 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 will be deemed a success 
Um, but I think I think Mope, you know, what I try to sort of get across on on social media, you know, people are saying to me, yeah, but he's you know he's he's crap, he's terrible. I get all this, you know, he doesn't score, doesn't score goals. Um, to be fair, his chances have been fairly limited. We haven't really seen him. He's never going to score more than more than ten goals a season. We 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 knew that when we got him, and we we were still surprised in terms of obviously the player that he is. Why we brought him in? He was nowhere near the top of anyone's list. That, that that's for sure. Um, but looking, obviously, looking at what he did bring on, what we've got to look at is what kind of player add to the side when they do come on, and what he can add is what we saw yesterday. When we've won the game one nil, two nil, whatever it might be, he can come on and he can be a pain in the ass. And it might sound dead, dead simple and dead basic, but that that can win your points. And if that's if that's all we get from him, it's still helpful, isn't it? We've got to look at what, what can we do, which is positive. And for me, that's what he can add to this side. Just on what Lee said, and, and yourself there, Mike, as well, it wouldn't surprise you the game's coming up after Liverpool if, if defenders do target him and think, you know, give him a whack, leave one on him, double up on him, you know, that's him out for two, three weeks, whatever, you know, that'll weaken Everton. And that's why I think it's massively important you know, that we do share the goals around. Like, that was Tarkowski's first goal, and we do make the opportunities of set pieces you do get. You know, like Lee said earlier on, um, we had four corners there. You're going into half-time. I think Peter Lude on it as well. Like, you're sitting on the ground, you think, we needed to go one nil up there because we can't keep this mentally and physically up for the whole game. You know, top-quality side like Arsenal, they'll pick you off the last 15 minutes of a game. So it's, it is important that... You know, we don't all put our eggs in one basket with the forward line, as though as that's so important. But I know Dice is well drilled on set pieces, and, and and obviously he's got you know he varied it slightly. A lot of them went back post, but you know how many chan- how many corners or set pieces do we get a game and we wasted in the past? I think that could be crucial. It wouldn't surprise me if we have a lot of uh, set play goals going forward rather than open play goals. It wouldn't surprise me that. No, totally, I totally agree. Totally agree. And um, we've, you know, especially with what we're playing, we're playing sides in and around us, aren't we? As well, obviously, we've got the Leeds game coming up. We've got a Villa a little bit further away, but you know, they, they lost yesterday. You can easily drop back in. We've we've got obviously Nottingham Forest away, so sides that we're going to be competing against at the bottom end of the table. So you you know, you rightly say there, Phil, it could be it could be a target for for other sides, especially in the coming weeks. Um. So it's it's so vital, you know. We've got to wrap them in cotton wool, but like I said, that's that's down to what's going on in the in the transfer window, horrendous. And the summer, to be fair, and the summer because you, you, they should have been signing another striker similar to Dominic Calvert-Lewin because of what had gone on the previous year. Um, and like Lee said, he's already missed a lot of games already this season um, through a variety of injuries. So it, they should have been signing a like for like in the summer. So being hugely let down there, and it's it's a massive gamble, isn't it? I think Daesh handled that really well in the press conference, by the way. Uh, he deflected it really well, didn't he? Because he was inevitably going to be asked about why have we not signed anyone. And um, he did deflect it really well and basically came back and said, why did we didn't, in my opinion, we didn't really need to sign it. Okay, we were trying, and I'll say we definitely were trying because I was there, he said, for the last few days. He said, look, Kevin was on the phone constantly. I was speaking to agents. You know, the, the chairman was involved, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, you know, he deflected that bit and then kind of said, look, 
you know, the, the, I've reminded these players how good they are. I've reminded them how they've got to Everton Football Club. I've reminded them the careers they've had. You know, there's a lot of positive spin there. Um, and, it, you know, whether he believes that, you know, personally himself is another matter. But I think the way he handled that with the press and shut that down was pretty impressive, to be fair. Because obviously that was a message to the fans as well. Um, but, you know, we all know, we all know, most of us, you know, have watched enough football. We, you know, we understand it well enough. We all know that we definitely needed more support, especially, you know, we needed two, arguably two wingers and a striker. And we lost Anthony Gordon. So, you know, people, whatever you think of Gordon, I know, you know, I don't think he's worth the money that Newcastle have paid for him. Only time will tell. But that was a good deal for us. We couldn't turn it down. But ultimately, we're weaker than what we entered the window. And, and that that's just unforgivable, that, for me. I mean, you know, I know it's not easy to sign players. I know, especially in January, it's a nightmare. I know there's probably elements of, do we want to back Lampard and then maybe sack him, a bit like we did with Rafa, you know, in terms of, you know, sacking the manager a few days after they signed players. Um, maybe there was an element of that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Selwell should be looking to do that regardless of which the manager, who, who, who the manager is, whether it, whether it be Lampard or anyone else coming in. And obviously the Dan Juma one would have, would, have, would have hammered his confidence a little bit. But also, like Dai said himself, you know, some of the players we were speaking to, how many of them actually wanted to come to Everton and have a scrap for half a season? You know, because we're, that's what it's going to be like. It's going to be horrible the last six months of the season. And, you know, how many players were willing to go? Yeah, I'll go. To, I'll go to Everton and uh, you know deal with deal with uh, you know a lot of animosity around the club at the minute. There's probably not many. There's probably not many at all. You know, by all accounts, we, we put a hefty bid in for um, Gallagher from Chelsea, and apparently, you know, there's no chance he wanted to come. Well, look, Gallagher started the other day, so maybe there's an argument there. You know, he started in that Chelsea team after they've signed about 58 players. So, you know, from that from that perspective, maybe there's a reason, you know, why he wanted to stay there. But that 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 is a worry for me a little bit in the fact that you know we are we are very light on the ground there, and you know we know injuries happen in football. We're, we're very well stocked, you know, in certain areas of the pitch, like centre half and things like that. But you know, there's other areas of the pitch where if you have a couple of injuries. You know that could last, you know, six weeks, eight weeks, if not more. Then we are going to find it really tough, aren't we? Yeah, certain players are key. Adi Don being one, you'd argue. Onan is definitely another one. Um, the energy of of Alex Iwobi and his ability. I thought he was good. He was good yesterday uh, without being spectacular. But I, I think you know he, he put a real, put a real shift in. So I think certain players. Are vital for us, Andy. Their fitness is absolutely vital for us uh, for the remainder of the season. But it was, you know, we can almost put that to the back of our minds just for the weekend because we've we we deserve to enjoy this. You know, it's been a long time coming. We've been through a lot of a lot of nonsense, which obviously we're still going through a lot of stuff now. You know, behind the scenes as a club, um, as a fan base, the battle will continue, of course. But we deserve as fans to enjoy. What was an excellent performance, uh, what was an excellent atmosphere, and what was a, an excellent shift by both manager and players, and it gives us a little bit of hope going forward, which is which is absolutely absolutely key. Um, I think to to get us believing, listening, that there's a real chance here, um, and you know the the tests they come thick and fast. We, we mentioned obviously we've got games against sides in and around where we are, but the next game is the Merseyside derby. Uh, which obviously going to Anfield we always dread, don't we? It's never been a happy hunting ground, especially you know, by, by the Carlo Ancelotti one, which we, we couldn't attend. 
Um, it's been terrible for many, many years, but that's our next game. And we're going to discuss that after this, this short break. Welcome back to the second part of today's Unholy Trinity podcast. And the focus now turns to Anfield. Um, Monday night football it is the, the final game of the, the Premier League weekend next weekend. It's never, never pleasant. It's never, never um, easy to look forward to, to a Merseyside derby. We've all been there ourselves at some point over the years, multiple times, seen us be, be turned over. But we come up against Liverpool side, who at this moment in time, since the turn of the year, I know it's only just over a month old, a bottom of the form table, just one point taken so far this year. We're even above them after, after the win against Arsenal. Um, so a Liverpool side not informed, Pete. You know, a Liverpool side that are, are massively struggling. There's a lot of unrest from what I've made out within, within the fan base, to be honest. Jürgen Klopp losing his head in press conferences post-match, refusing to speak to certain journalists. So you, that's when you know things aren't going right. He's quite a volatile character anyway. What are your thoughts on the game? The, have, have you got any kind of hope going to going to Anfield, given, obviously, the, the most recent performances from both sides? It's, it's weird, isn't it? Because I know it's, it's another footballing cliche, but you know, form goes out the window for a derby. But then I, I was thinking, normally when we go to Anfield, the, the script is usually written that, um, our, you know, our best two players are injured or suspended. Um, they seem to be at the height of their form and it, it's just like the worst time for us to play them. That's normally how it goes. And whenever we go into a derby, usually my, my feeling is that we're never able to um, to, to give it a good go. So it, it's odd this time because they they seem to be a complete mess. Um, I, I watched what I could of the Wolves game and I, I just could not believe how bad the goals were that they conceded. It was, you know, no disrespect to Wolves, but you, you wouldn't even say the Wolves played well in that game. Just Liverpool was so terrible. Um, they, they just seemed like defensively and th- through the core of the midfield to have completely fallen off a cliff. And, you know, whether it's tactics or effort or, you know, a combination of the two, they're just not at it at the moment. Um, and you'd hope... You know, after, uh, you know, obviously Deitch coming in, getting us organised again, getting us fighting, you know, amazing um, result in a clean sheet against Arsenal, that we could go to Anfield with just a little bit of pressure off us. You know, Deitch has got his first win now as Everton manager. Um, Maybe it'd be too extreme to say, like, you know, his first two games were free hits, but I certainly don't think... um, Anyone would have been expecting him to win one, you know, certainly not both games. So you do go in there with a bit of hope, thinking, look, if we can set up organised again, if we can play with the same aggression, fight, discipline, um, you'd expect us to cause them problems, especially given, you'd say, the, you know, the problems Liverpool have been having have been caused by Liverpool over the past five or six matches, or you know, maybe even longer. So if we, if we can go there and, and set, set up our stall, approach the game in the right way, you think we're going to get chances? So, yeah, it, weirdly, really weirdly, um, might be too strong to say I'm looking forward to Monday, but I'm uh, I'm definitely going to watch it. <laughs> well, I think we're going there with, with a bit less dread, aren't we? You know, we're, after what we saw against Arsenal, you know, we've said it's only one game, of course. Let's not get carried away. You know, great, great to win the game, great to put in a really solid performance. We saw structure, 
we saw a side wanting to work for, for each other and for, and for the uh, for the badge. And then you obviously Liverpool have not been in great form at all. Um, they're massively off the pace this season. Some some people have got theories as to why that is. We won't go into those those particular theories on this show. Um, but they had a lot of injuries as well. I might add. I've, I've, you know, we looking at the current injury list. You look at you know key players. You know, Luis Diaz being one, Van Dijk, uh, Kunate is another one, Diogo Jota. All players that that are massively important. Firmino's another one. I know he's you know a bit more on the fringes nowadays, but still you know he's still a quality footballer. Can still score goals. So a lot of injuries to a lot of key players. Um, but you look at their squad. You look at the money that's being spent. You know you, you still got got Salah up, obviously playing up top there alongside obviously Nunes. Um, they've, they've still got a, a quality side, and and you know on any given day, Liverpool can turn the performance. You know, which can look, you know, it's night and day from the previous week. And that's 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 the real danger at Anfield, obviously. Monday night football, uh take take yesterday out of the equation. We're still not, not in fantastic form, probably still fragile confidence-wise, a little bit as well. It's you know, a, a really, really hectic and um uh, trying week for the players last week in terms of when the new manager came in. They were worked, they were worked hard. So to put on that performance against Arsenal. Was incredible to see, to be honest with you. You know, we we didn't particularly tire, as we mentioned. I, I thought myself, you know, we'll lose this game based on the fact of who Arsenal can bring on. You know, Trossard comes on comes on the pitch as an example. Vieira comes on the pitch. The, the the bench that they've got is is very very strong, and I thought that's where you know with us getting tired, that's where the game would would change. We we didn't. They've worked hard. They got another week under Sean Dyche. Another hard, he said, back to work Monday. You know, the hard work starts again. But same question to you, Lee. Are you going there with any kind of renewed, renewed confidence? Given just obviously this was one performance, but more so the fact that Liverpool are struggling so much. Yeah, it's great to see, isn't it? Great to see. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving Klopp's meltdowns at the minute as well. <laughs> I'm absolutely loving it. He's 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 falling apart, and it and and it's it's. Yeah, no, jo- joking aside, I mean, they, they've really, really struggled. They've really struggled. They weren't at it even before the World Cup and then post-World Cup. You know, they've, 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 they've really struggled as well. Um, they have lost some key players, definitely. You know, the likes of Diaz that you mentioned there, obviously Van Dijk. Um, the biggest thing for me, though, injuries aside and everything else, the main reason where they are where they are is, is the midfield. It's the midfield. You know, they've never been blessed Liverpool. We are, you know... Whenever, even when they were playing brilliantly under Klopp over the last few years, everyone used to say, "Oh, yeah, the midfield isn't the best in Europe, really." You know, the likes of Henderson and Wijnaldum, who I actually thought was a good player, by the way, and people like that. They weren't fashionable midfielders, but they didn't need to be because you know all Klopp needed in there was legs, and once he had legs in there, and people knew how, you know, honest players like you know, like Henderson types and people like that, it would put the shift in for him. It, the system worked. But now, now they haven't got legs in midfield. The defensive massively exposed, and that's why we're seeing teams walking straight through them. And you know, it's having a massive impact on the fact that their strikers just aren't scoring goals. You know, Salah looks a fraction of the player since he signed the contract. You know, and and you know whether we, you know, obviously we, we, we're not Liverpool fans far from it. But you know, Salah's been one of the best players in in world football. Never mind the Premier League, isn't he? The last few years, he, he doesn't even look half the player at the minute. So. 
it's it's definitely a, a team that's really, really, really struggling. Um, you know, the defence is massively exposed um, week in, week out now. I mean, Wolf, like Pete said, the goals there that Wolves scored in the first team, I mean, that was absolutely shocking. I mean, Matip, I mean, Jesus. I mean, he was, he was, out, he was all over the show, wasn't he? He was absolutely horrendous, Matip. Um, I mean, it was it was it was really really uh, incredible that first goal, and even the second one, Alexander Arnold just going walkabout as, as, as Dawson obviously slammed it in the top of the net. So, um, look, it's a massive opportunity. This, you know, we had a great win there under Ancelotti, like you said, with no fans, but we were playing well going into that game. And you know, I always mention it. You know, whenever that game comes up, I, I just think that first goal was outstanding. Yeah, that pass from Hammers and and then the finish from Richarlison was bang on. If we can get an early goal, lads, honestly, if we can get an early goal in that game at Anfield, their fans will turn on them. Their fans will turn on them 100%. Because so many of their fans at the minute are disillusioned. They've so, been so used to having you know success in the last few years. Right now, it's it, the, the, their club is almost as toxic, toxic as ours, isn't it? Um, you know, we, that famous image that was all over Twitter, wasn't it? Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, that Mel Gibson film, with Jesus, wasn't it? Where obviously Mel Gibson trying to talk to him, obviously offset about that, you know, and, and that was a brilliant tweet that about, you know, Jesus representing the Everton fan and then Mel Gibson kind of talking to him, you know, Liverpool fans trying to moan about their team. Well, yeah, that picture was very apt, but um, I, I just think, I just think it's a, if we can stay solid again, if we can stay solid, look, Liverpool are still creating chances, by the way. Darwin Nunes is, is um, you know, he's going to be a player. I mean, he's obviously not clinical, but you can tell he gets a. I think he's missed something. He's had sixteen clear chances or good chances since he's come back after the World Cup. He's missed every single one. So you know, the lad's still capable. You know, he can click at any minute for him. He, he's a handful, and he will cause us problems because he does like to run in behind. And if you remember that first game at Goodison, Pickford made a great save from him, didn't he? Onto the bar. On, the, on the volley onto the bar it was a hell of a save. I think one save of the save of the month, didn't it? Um, but no, I, I think it's a real opportunity for us to, to grab something there because if we play like we did against against Arsenal, I expect us to set up in a similar way. And if we can be clinical going forward, you know, and we get that first goal, I genuinely think we can win the game. I genuinely can. I just after watching that um, performance against Arsenal, there, I mean, you'd never have said this, would you, a couple of weeks ago? But it just gives us that little bit of confidence in the fact that we look solid and they look all over the show. And like I said, if we if we can just get that first goal and be clinical, um, I reckon we can take the points, you know, boys. It's, it's amazing that one performance can change your mindset, isn't it? You know, do you know it, it is, isn't it? Because, you know, we it's been it's been doom and gloom for for so long, you know, especially since since the World Cup and we came back and and we we've lost games, and the only real bright spot was that that one point away at Manchester City, wasn't it? Um, so it, it's amazing how, how just just the one performance can can change your mind. But Phil, what what are your thoughts on on that? Obviously, Lee's touched on quite a bit there in regards to Liverpool and like we've said injuries and Nunes hasn't hit any kind of, of form, but he you know he may do like he said, you know he he has he gets big chances and, and at some point it will it will click. And listen, he brought in Gappo. For big money, for big money, you know, people forget forget this. Liverpool spend money. Don't sit on notice of this this uh, net spend nonsense. We're currently we're the net spend kings. We've got a, a plus forty five million pound there uh, in the green bank accounts, haven't we? But Liverpool have spent money. They brought in a quality lad in in Gakpo. 
the, the midfield at the degree is probably weaker than what we've, we've seen Liverpool previously leg-wise. You know, that, that Naby Keita is in there. Um, they probably missed the younger Jordan Henderson in terms of in terms of legs. I'd say Thiago, obviously a little bit older. They put a, a new young kid in there who I saw for the first time yesterday. Um, whose name I actually can't pronounce, and I don't want to do him a, a disservice by by getting it wrong. But it's a different Liverpool side with these injuries, with like Lee said, the unrest, which is definitely there. Liverpool fans that I speak to, there's, there's definitely. They're a bit disillusioned with things as things stand. But what's your take on things? You know, this hope that we've got after this one game, which is all that it is, you know, these positive signs, is that going to be enough for us going into, into our field in the Merseyside derby? First and foremost, Mike, there's never a good time to play these. The chain to the devil. Chain yeah. to the devil. No, but um, Spot on again, Lee. I think if we control the pace of, if we dictate the speed of the midfield, as in like retain retain of the ball and and uh, using it well and protecting it well, I think we'll dominate. I really do. The, the three lads there we mentioned: the Corre, Garner, um, and Onana. Again, full of legs. It wouldn't surprise me if Damari Gray played just to stretch them with pace and in behind. Equally, it wouldn't surprise me if McNeil stayed in because balls into the box. I think they would like, equally struggle. Um, I think we look a lot more organised. Again, it wouldn't surprise me if it was a set piece that won the game. I think we we kind of in, in the form, I know like uh, Peter alluded again, form goes out the window in a derby. But I just think we, we've got, off one game, we've got a lot of tick boxes in organisation, threats, um, drive legs than Liverpool, which is which, which is great to see. But like, as I said, that place is probably the the worst place on earth, Anfield. Um, no matter what time you go, and there's a lot of factors: who's the referees, the officials, the VAR. They still get them things. But like you again, Mike said, they have still got quality in in Darwin Nunes. You know. I think last time we played, I think Mikelenko actually had a very good game against Salah. I don't think he had any 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 trouble there at Anfield. I just think it, if we take the midfield position, we'll we'll get a positive result. I really do. I said, you know, your Anana's, the Corey's, if they're used right and can drive, you've got Garner screening, and then your wide players in Awobi. Again, I think Gray might got an opportunity or at least get on the last half an hour just to stretch them because uh, their fullbacks recently haven't been great. But again, it wouldn't surprise me. McNeil kept his, his shirt and just kept putting balls into the box and just kept asking the questions that way. I do think, again, and if they do clear, you've got people on the edge of the box who will recycle the ball. Again, Nunes will stretch us with his pace and, and then that's asking the questions from our centre-halves. But I just think we look a little bit more solid. I do I do think there'll be a game plan. I think Dice has had a decent record of, of later on field. I think he... Um, had a bit of a disagreement in the tunnel with him last time he was there. Uh, and again, if I remember, I think McNeil had a great game against Trent uh, for Burnley there. So I, I am going in there thinking a lot more confidence, but that's that's Everton. And like we've said, it's one performance. We can't let them draw us in yet. I think the bigger questions will be the next four games to this. But as Pete said, form does go out, out the window. But there's no reason why, you know, with Dice's methods and having a week, under dice again that we can't set up a game plan to frustrate them to get the crowd frustrated um but no i, I do think if we if we command that midfield area i think quite possibly we could get 
um, a positive result. The, the, the McNeil point is, is very interesting because I was thinking to myself going into this game after what we saw against Arsenal, Dwight McNeil thought was very good. Obviously, got got his assist. Worked really, really hard all game. I thought. I thought. Obviously, if you noticed, there was a switch, wasn't there? Because he started right and he got moved left, and things worked a lot, a lot better. Then he picked up on matters of the day. It was allowing Alex Awobi to get a little bit closer to Dominic Calvert Lewin, especially. And obviously, when when the ball went the other side, Dwight McNeil was getting closer to, to, to Dom as well. So incessant, he was playing on on his preferred side there. Um, but do you think you know? He's going to be the one that uh, that that Sean Dice sticks with over a Damari guy who might be a little bit less defensively minded. Well, sorry to interrupt, Mike. Just saying that um, when the team came out yesterday, people were moaning and groaning, saying Damari Gray top scorer gives us something different. McNeil won the uh, bleak test. Yeah, he did, didn't he? He won he the did. bleak test, and I think like that, like as good as Gray is going forward, sometimes Gray's body language off the ball, he, he can walk back. I think the the the, um, the Southampton game, he wants the foul in the corner. He's lying on the floor looking for a free kick. All right, the game changed. Well, we could have brought the lad down, and Gordon eventually did. But I think McNeil, he does work hard, and then he gets back into that shape, and he, he can he can drive with that ball, as in like he draws fouls. Um, that's why I think he might keep his shirt, and then he gives us a different dimension putting that ball in, where he might last half an hour, twenty minutes, put Gray on to then stretch them. Uh, so it'd be very harsh if he if he if he left them out. It wouldn't surprise me if the, the team was the same. It wouldn't surprise me. But it wouldn't surprise me if Gray came in there. To be fair, you did actually say Gray was carrying a bit of a, a knock as well, wasn't he? Um, because you know, I know we brought Mope on because uh, for the last thirty, but I would I would definitely fancy more Gray coming on instead of Mope for for thirty minutes. I know we've said previously that he made you know an awesome you know of himself against some of their defenders and that, but. I just think with Gray, he's got that quality that Mope doesn't have. You know, he can go by plays. He's got pace to burn. We know that he's got good feet. Um, he can bang it off, off, particularly off his right side. He's got a real cracking shot on him as well. So, you know, you're right there, Phil. I think you know if if the game's tight, which I expect it to be still, regardless of Liverpool's form, if the game's tight, um, and you know, let's say it's nil nil with half an hour to go, I think Gray coming on would be a real good substitution for us because you would just say to him, look. Just run it, run at Trent. Just run at him. Just keep on running at him because we know that Trent struggles with that. You know, he's not the most gifted defender in the world. He's great going the other way, but you know, he's been at fault for a lot of their goals recently. Um, so, yeah, I think that could possibly be the case. Um, but what another thing I wanted to want to say that really annoys me, by the way, and I don't, you know, our, the game at Goodison we had against him it always seems to be the case. It always seems to be a midday kickoff when we play him at Goodison, and then we go to Anfield. It's always a night game. I, I I don't know maybe if there's maybe the stats will tell you something else, but I just more recently I've always just felt that to be the case because when we played them earlier in the season it was it wasn't wasn't it a midday kickoff, and then when we play and then now obviously we're playing them on Monday night football on, on a night game so obviously the, the atmosphere as we know at night under the lights is going to be a hell of a lot better than it would be you know a lunchtime kickoff isn't it? Yeah, I think sometimes it's 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 but well, a lot of the time it's to do with policing. And obviously it's in conjunction with conversations with Merseyside policing. If they look at the times when it's less likely to have any kind of um drunken disorderly behaviour, then then that is that's what goes on. But I mean I've been, been to a few Merseyside derbies, although I know we've all been, we've all been over the years and, and I always I mean I think it's got more increasingly heavy handed, should I say, the way that they go about things 
um, for the for the Merseyside derby. Um, I don't particularly like like the the atmosphere around it. To, to be honest, um, I think sometimes the the case issues that, that that aren't there. But um, yeah, I mean, eight o'clock on a Monday is not not particularly great for for a, a local derby. You, you you want a weekend game. I'd love a three o'clock on a Saturday for a Merseyside derby, but obviously television dictates, doesn't it? Uh, but it's nice to be to be going into the game, as I said earlier, with a little bit of, of a renewed renewed hope. The fact that, we, as I say, we've seen enough from ninety minutes under Sean Dice there to give us that that hope going in against the, obviously one of the so called better teams, um, and we, we proved ourselves more than capable to to match the, the you know the, the best side on form at this stage of the season in, in Arsenal. So. We've got to, the players have got to take that. Another week of hard work under the manager. Um, let's see who gets through it, first of all. You know, can all the players get through without breaking down? Is is really, really key. Um, but interesting to see, obviously, how he sets up. I think it'll be similar again. Um, and, and McNeil will be on, on the flanks with that, with that same midfield three and hopefully Dominic Calvert-Lewin and, and the same defence. But... Not looking forward to it, but not dreading it like a, maybe I would have been uh, prior to, to yesterday's fantastic 1-0 win. But let's let's finish off with a, a round of predictions if we can. Nobody got the Arsenal one right. No one's got one right for, for weeks, I don't think. Uh, but Phil, we'll come to you first. What are you saying? Um, I'm going to say... I don't want to jinx that. I'm going to say a 90-second minute winner, 1-0, Onana. And he does the famous... Oh yeah, we love it, wouldn't you? Imagine that. Imagine that. There'd be there'd be uh, there'd be some pint sunk of that happen. That's for sure. Uh, Pete, what do you think? Well, I I, I Phil's predictions right. I take that every day. Um, I think it's going to be nil nil. I, I think Liverpool are going to raise the level a, a bit and be, and be a bit more on point, a bit more competitive. And I think we're going to go there. Understandably. Just with first, don't lose the game and stay in the game, and I think we're just going to cancel each other out. But um, if that's the result, that I, I still think that'd be a very strong four points from uh, two nightmare games for a new manager. Late, you were feeling as positive. Totally agree with Pete. There, right now, we take a point. We take a point when we all day. Of course, we would. You know, these two games coming up. You know, we would have said. You know, well, all of us were writing them off. We were looking at the games beyond them, weren't we? As possible ones that were going to be the ones that were going to be vital. So, if we take four points from those two games, it'll be a hell of a result. Um, but I'd love a last-minute winner, Pete. Uh, sorry, Phil. I'd love a last-minute winner. I mean, imagine scoring cop end last minute, like like a Jag Yelka type strike. I mean, you just you just run over to their fans, wouldn't you? Just give it give it everything. You really would. Um, it'd be absolutely hilarious. Or even if you scored at the opposite end, that just do an Adebayor and run all the way, all the way over to their fans. Um, and cause a riot, just cause a riot. Um, no, but I, I think, I think, yeah, that they'll definitely raise their game for it. Klopp will be. It's almost an excuse for them to re, you know, almost kickstart their their season again, really. Which can sometimes, you know, it's happened to us in the past where we've had a result against them, which has kickstarted us. Um, Although not too many in recent years, but I, I reckon I'm going to say one-one. I'm going to say one-one. I think it'll be I think it'll be a pretty tight game, but their confidence is shot, and I, I just want us to have a go at them like like we did against Tottenham. Be brave, be brave to press them high, and and and, and carry a threat. 
it'll be interesting to see what, you know, with the first game yesterday, half 12, and then it was over to the other teams. Obviously, we'll be, we'll be last on the weekend. But we will, we'll know all the results around us. It'll be interesting to see how, was, you know, like you said there, boys and they'll play. Don't, you know, don't get beat. If you can't win the game, don't get beat. I think we'll go with that attitude regardless what time we play. But it'll be interesting after being first yesterday to, to them last and see what the results will be before ours. Yeah, it, it could have. I mean, it may have a telling impact. I think one thing is clear, like, like Sean Dice says that the minimum requirement is maximum effort. So regardless of what the situation is uh, and what other teams doing in the round us, the players have got to put it, put it in. You've got to put it in because you'll get nothing out of it. You know, as I said, any given day, Liverpool could turn it on and it'll click. You know, it only, it only takes one performance for them, one goal, and things can change. So got to be really, really mindful. I'm in, I'm in the in the draw camp as well. I, I was going to say one all. Um, and I'd take a one all, of course. Of course you would. Uh, difficult place to go. Horrible for us uh, over so many years. And I think it'd be a real positive. And, and the players have shown, as I say, that they can compete against a better side in the league. And we're not coming up against Liverpool, you know, when they were fighting for the league title. Liverpool dropped off massively. And that should give us a little bit of little bit of hope as a, as as the playing staff, as a fan base, as the managers, I think can go. You know, Liverpool aren't, aren't that level. Whether you want, whether you, people might say you're tempting fate or not, they're not at the same level. Of course, the, the table doesn't lie. They're nowhere near the top of the table, and they're behind teams that most definitely, you know, at the start of the season, they wouldn't have thought they'd be they'd be be behind those types of teams. Whether it be your Brightons, your, your Fulhams, you know, those kind of teams, they wouldn't have thought that. So, it's uh, a lot of pressure on Liverpool more than us, is what I'd say. At home, Anfield, Merseyside derby, the pressure not on Everton. We're not expected to go there and get anything at all. But one old draw, I'm going to say, and I'll take it right now. But that's us for this week. Lovely to have a positive show. It's been a while. We'll, uh, we've enjoyed it. Um, we'll have a have a fun week, I'm sure, now, with uh, less pressure on our shoulders for once, going uh, going through the work and week before we rock up at Anfield next uh, next Monday. So we will, we will catch you after the Merseyside derby. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.